The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to Nebraska Preps Post Game with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. That's that voice. I love to hear it every week. That means I get my man Jacob Padilla. It is another episode of Nebraska Preps Post Game. We are doing recaps. We're doing previews. We're getting all your high school needs met, regardless of sport. We like to dabble. Welcome, JP. How are you? Good to be back. Yeah, it's a. Uh Busy, uh, fun week last week, and now we're getting ready to do it all over again, starting with tomorrow. And your Phoenix Suns are winning. Yes, uh, and Devin Booker has uh, scored over 100 points uh, on ridiculous shooting in his first three games with Kevin Durant. I, I, I think that pairing is going to work out pretty well. Okay, so here's the deal, right? So we get the we get the field goal percentages, right? And he's coming off. I mean, he torched the Mavs over the weekend, if you're watching national the NBA, National Basketball Association, on uh, big television. Can he continue to get those kind of easier shots just playing with KD? Because he's extraordinarily efficient from two. Well, and eventually teams will shift their defense. They'll How? Do more to take, and that's when DeAndre Ayton's going to start eating. That's when Chris <laughs> is going to start getting to his spots. Like, with those four out there, and – the the Mavs were helping off Josh Okogie, and he couldn't couldn't throw it in the ocean. But he was coming off a five for ten from three game uh, previously, and he's been playing the best basketball of his career heading up to that game. And then when he just didn't have it, Monty Williams made the move to go with Ish Wainwright, and dude that started the year on a two way just converted to a full contract comes in and hits three four threes in the second half and takes advantage of them playing off of him. And that's the good thing. Like people talk about the, the depth on this team. And the depth isn't the problem. It's going to be five, six, seven, or five, six. Like, are those guys good enough? They've got enough pieces on that bench to, to kind of adjust to the situation uh, and the matchups and all that. It'll just be a matter of can that, that fifth guy, that sixth guy, take advantage of the way you need him to. And um, I, I like their chances of being able to do that, especially if Booker and Durant continue to play the way they are. Yeah, Jacob Padilla in a good mood is always a good Jacob Padilla. So go Suns. As we transition into high school hoops, and and let's start let's let's start in D one, um, primarily just because uh, Centura came in, they held seed, Hastings Saint Cecilia gave them all they wanted as the four seed, and and I think we can maybe we'll agree uh, tougher to seed lower classes just based on the schedule alone because I feel like it can be a little bit more of a misnomer 
than let's say A and B in, in boys and girls basketball, right? I think we know exactly what it means, but I think some people will look at like, let's say Pender as the two, even though everybody was talking about in C2, you know, Ponca, Oakland Craig, uh, everybody other than Pender, even though Pender had the two seed. So I say all that to say as we start in D1, that sometimes the seeds aren't always crystal clear because of schedule and travel. Exactly right, because the further away you get from the, the main metros here in Omaha and Lincoln, the, the more spread out the schedules get. The, like we've seen in, even in C1, like um, the, the teams like Wahoo and Ashland Greenwood that are closer to, to Omaha and Lincoln, they were able to challenge themselves, go up and play Class B teams, whatever, um, whereas out in Ogallala, they can only play who they've got. Uh, on the boys' side, and they destroyed everybody out there that, that they played. They came and played a few teams uh, on this this half of the state, but um, yeah, you just out there, it's you don't get like in Class B for for boys. All those teams played each other, like all the good teams in B for the most part played each other during the regular season. So you've got a better feel for those teams. Yeah, um, smaller classes um, like Hastings St. Celia made the championship. They came in with a 17 and seven record. Um, as the four seed, Ravenna they uh, lost their last two games, I believe. Uh, I, I think they lost the, the third place game too, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Came in twenty four and two, uh, went uh, one and two at, at the state tournament. So uh, as the one seed, so yeah, like you said, it's kind of up there. But in the end, we got the in we saw in the quote, uh, why not as a six seed made it in, in D two. Um, so they had all kinds of mixes. We had uh, kind of went through the seeds uh, before the tip-off on Saturday, just the, the number of uh, one, two, three, uh, four, six seeds. Like we had um, a pretty good mix of seeds in the, in the championship games. Yeah, hold that thought too because I think in – I'll say this early or maybe I'll s- – no, I'll say it now. I'm looking at A through C1 – maybe even C2, would not surprise me at all if all one seeds cut down the net. Especially the way they're all playing. Right? Like, I I just was kind of looking at it. I was like, ah, you know, Bellevue West wouldn't surprise me. Uh, Certainly certainly Scott wouldn't surprise me. The Uh, run Wahoo's on. Wahoo wouldn't surprise me, nor would Ogallala. (laughs) Right? So. Well, and then Freeman in C2. Yeah. yeah, I do like so. And you know what's funny about Freeman? Because I think they're twenty six and two right now. You said something a couple of weeks ago. Because I always like to give credit where credit is due, especially when you kind of know more than like the lay person. Because that means you do your homework. We were surprised that Freeman got jumped in the yeah. coaches' poll a couple of weeks ago after the Grand Island, the Harvest Hoops Classic, and we felt like. Freeman was maybe a little more deserving because of their schedule. Yeah. And uh, it, ca- it caught you off guard. You were like, uh, I don't know about Freeman getting jumped right there. But it is what it is, and here they are as the one seed. Yep, just kept winning from there. But uh, first, let's knock out the, the girls before we jump into the boys. Um, you mentioned the D1 Centura pulled uh, it out against Hastings St. Cecilia. Oh, Sydney um, Davis. Yeah, yeah, no kid, because uh, right off the bat, like uh, – St. Cecilia couldn't have gotten off to a much better start. You got, go figure, Kissinger hitting threes in the state championship yeah. game. <laughs> Just a freshman. Um, but uh, they kind of ran out of steam, and uh, Centura just took over in the second half. Um, and you mentioned Sidney Davis. 20 points, 11 rebounds, four blocks. And really, uh, they 
St. Cecilia took control when she got in foul trouble and had to sit on the bench. I felt like that was key kind of throughout was the foul situation and managing minutes. Yep, and then put her back in, realized, all right, we need to get her out there, and she managed to get through the first half uh, without any fouls, and they kind of started to get back into rhythm. And then second half, uh, they, they held uh, St. Cecilia to two points in third quarter uh, and just six in the fourth. Um, just could not, could not score against them, couldn't make a shot, uh, turnovers, uh, uh, down the stretch, like uh, just r- really impressive performance uh, from Centura and uh, Sydney Davidson is obviously the star there. Um, she, uh, coach talked about her having, uh, she's got basically every shot blocking record uh, for Centura, six, six foot kind of wing guard type, um, does a little bit of everything for them, went 11 to 15 from the free throw line, mm-hmm. uh, hit some tough shots around the basket. Uh, and again, the, the shot blocking, a couple really just like, meet you at the top and pull that thing down. Really impressive performance uh, from her to, to lift her team to a state title. So, obviously, the third quarter uh, and the fourth quarter, if you're pacing St. Cecilia, you go through the drought. I think Centuria finished on a 28-9 to run uh, after the initial surge from Hastings St. Cecilia. The two-point third quarter, is that about when you got the sense you're like – because it's not like Centura was blowing the doors off the thing because they scored in the single yeah. digits as well. But it was so hard to get good looks at the basket, and they just dogged Kissinger. Sometimes it was deny. Sometimes it was run and trail. Like, they just didn't want her to get any touches. Yeah, and yeah, and they started out uh, – they were in the zone. I think they were uh, – might have even been playing a box and one on her. Yeah, uh, it looked like harder. they were trailing a ton, uh, trying to make sure that she did not get the ball while they played what we would call kind of a two-two. Yeah, and she uh, knocked down a couple of them early, and then the credit to St. Celia, they, they took advantage of the attention paid to her because then others started knocking down shots, and they shot the ball really well uh, in in the first quarter. Um, they went four seven from three, six eleven from the field overall. Uh, and they were up uh, by fifteen in the second quarter. Uh, and then it just flipped again. Davis came back in, sparked a run to close the half. Uh, it was, what, a three-point uh, three game at halftime. Uh, and then Centura just kind of steadily took control and uh, pulled away in the second half. And like you said, it wasn't any, like, they didn't outscore them 20 to anything. Yeah. It wasn't a, a real big run. It was just consistently uh, St. Celia couldn't get looks. And uh, Centura won this thing with defense. Yeah, so I think – Going into the – if you're just kind of following along with the box score with what happened in the, the third and fourth quarter, I think it was 8-2 to two in the third quarter and yep. only 9-6. 9-6 in the fourth quarter. But I felt like the composure – there was the timeout at about the th- – I don't know, maybe less than four. It was under four in the second quarter. And since – Centura is kind of surging, and when they go into the half with a manageable deficit, I think they were, what, down three maybe? I'm, I'm trying to yeah, do the math. Three point, yeah, three okay. at halftime. You had to feel pretty good. if Because, you know, Hastings St. Cecilia, much younger. Centura, older, a little more experienced. You felt like, okay, maybe their experience in terms of games played would have would yield big dividends, and it did. Yep. Uh, so congrats to uh, Centura. Uh, you want to hop down to D two? You want to hop down to D two? Works for me. Because we don't have to go. So the only reason we did that is because we started with how the order in which the games were played on television, 
but we can stay in order in terms of class if you want to. Yeah. Uh, Even though we got off already (laughs) with D1 Uh, and D2. Yeah. um, Fall City, Sacred Heart, and why not? Yeah. Last game of the day. Oh, boy. Uh, Fan offense, this was not the game for you. No. I Uh, I felt I was watching, like, Coach Weeks, (laughs) you know, trying to seal one for Auburn in the boys' game. Yeah, it was so uh, – What? I, um, why not did not score – the first quarter was four to nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, why not did not score until uh, midway through the second quarter when they banked in a three. Uh, that was their first bucket. Uh, Sacred Heart led 14 to three. Uh, and then uh, why not kind of settled down from there, started getting some shots to go, cut played, it down. Played, played the second quarter virtually even. Yeah, uh, 14-13, got back into it a little bit there at halftime. Uh Fall City Sacred Heart uh, took a um, eight-point lead into the fourth quarter, and then started playing stall ball. And um, coach uh, coach said he, it wasn't necessarily their plan to to do that. Like they were trying to draw them out to spread the defense and look to attack. And the opportunities they thought would be there just never materialized with the way they were being defended. Uh, and they uh, basically turned it over or. Uh, every time if they didn't get a shot up uh i, I mean um they they didn't make a shot for for long stretches there and more often not they turned they, they chewed up clock and then turned over the fourth quarter was just turnover foul turnover foul. like it was it was just chaos the entire time um and why not uh came back to take the lead and then uh they started trying to run out the clock and then they started turning the ball over uh, and then Sacred Heart got it back and um, t- took the lead uh, on some free throws. And then uh, they, they switched to a 2-3 zone mm-hmm. um, the last couple of possessions after call. playing man. And, and, it, and it really stifled. Why not? Um, and they weren't able – they didn't even get off a real look on, on the last play of the game. It was a kind of heave from, from the logo at the buzzer that never had a chance. Uh, so credit to Sacred Heart for kind of closing that thing out. But, uh, yeah, 21 combined field goals uh, in this game. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you something. As we saw, like, uh, you know, it was 4 nothing. I think, at the end of one. I think the fourth quarter was 11-4. So still yeah. only 15 points combined. In between there, y- you had some fairly decent scoring. A lot of talk all weekend about shot clock versus no shot clock. Do you think coaches should have to adjust to tempo and style of play, or do you think, gosh, you know what, some teams just aren't meant to be sped up? Yeah, I mean, in general, like, I so I think there's a difference uh, between um, being methodical and taking good shots and really um, trying to eat up the clock and, like, the way I coach, like, summer ball, you don't have a shot clock, don't deal with that. I really stress getting a good look, moving the ball, taking time if we need to. Like, we can chew up 45 seconds as long as uh, we're trying to generate something. We're, trying to, we're playing with a purpose. Uh, we don't need to take the first available look. Um, I think there's a difference between that and then sometimes teams – uh, really holding just, the ball, yeah, looking up at the clock. Yeah, chewing up the clock. Like, um, as long as you're playing basketball – if the possessions take a little bit longer, uh, I think that's fine, like for a viewer. Um, it was kind of startling going from the Class A games uh, on Wednesday to the Class B uh, and uh, some of the teams that were trying to cut down on possessions uh, <laughs> on Thursday. Uh, 
But uh, I mean, on the one hand, coaches have to do what they have, what they think is best to give their team a chance to win. On the other, as a spectator and fan uh, of the game and uh, of kids, I. I just want them to be able to play. I want them to go out there, play basketball, let, let, let the players try to make plays, uh, and then go from there. Were you surprised that uh, Wardenberger and, and Scholl, the two primary scorers for uh, Fall City, were able to just sustain? Yeah, and uh, credit to uh, McKinley Scholl and coach that's talked about her. She, she got hurt uh, first game of the year and didn't come back and play till January and still isn't 100%, they said. Came up 10 big points in that game. Uh, Wernberg at 11. Uh, Gentry Lechtenberg hit the game-winning free throws. And credit to Sacred Heart for, and unfortunately this was a bit of a theme of the tournament, um, saw their teammate go down with a, with a knee injury, Delaney Witt, uh, and were able to kind of rally and, and finish the game and pull out the win despite seeing their, and she was in a lot of pain, you could hear, uh, when she went down um, in the second half there. Yeah, uh, so, it kind of gave yeah. me the willies. Yeah. And again, wasn't unfortunately wasn't the only one that suffered uh, a major injury during the tournament or leading into the tournament. We saw a few teams uh, in Class A. The first two games featured starters on the lower seed, uh, key players uh, in, in street clothes. So, uh, but credit to Sacred Heart uh, pulling that out again. Thirty-three, thirty-two, um, and just another state championship there in Fall City. It's their eighth. Um, I think. Uh, Quite a few of them in the, in the last several years, so um, they're on quite a run. Kind of kind of got a power down there in that class. Yeah, quickly let's hop to C two, where I felt like we talked about this one. Um, I was on social media talking about this one. This was the toughest for me to pick. I made Oakland. I went with Oakland Craig. I said the true dark horse though was Pender, even though they were the two seed. Everybody talked about either Crofton, OC, or Ponca. I felt like. Pender was kind of the afterthought, even as the two seed did not disappoint as this one went down to the wire. Well, and had credit to Pender because this game was played to the Oakland Craig style. Like, you, you watch them before, they're just pure chaos. Yeah. Transition, fast break, trap in, press in, <laughs> flying all over the place. Like, they just want to make that game ugly, up-tempo, uh, and, and they succeed in that. They were all, I mean – Bunch of turnovers. I mean, Pender had 19 turnovers uh, and found a way to win. Uh, I mean, both teams shot under 37% from the field. Uh, what wasn't necessarily a pretty game. Uh, both teams struggled to uh, get shots to go down. But in the end, uh, Maya Dolliver stepped up and uh, just a sophomore. And one of a couple uh, Dolvers that made some big ways at the state tournament this past week. Yeah, uh, Malcolm's cousin finest. Matt, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Dolver made some huge plays on sort of beautiful uh, assist for for an and one, um, and then uh, hit, hit enough free throws there to kind of seal it at the end. Uh, and Pender was able to to get the stop they needed again. Uh, another. Uh, Oakland Craig didn't really get a good look on their last shot. They needed a three to, to, to tie it up and couldn't really get uh, a good shot off. How about um, the tale of two quarters between the second quarter and the third quarter? <laughs> where, I mean, th- that was the biggest disparity in yeah. the game and ultimately was the summation of the three-point difference. Again, same deal where one team builds up a big league, the other team rallies, um, and then the initial team manages to, to right the ship and to make the plays down the, the stretch. Pender goes in at the half, 25 uh, 16, 16, yeah, up yeah. nine, and then 14-8 third quarter for, for Oakland Craig getting back into it. 
Um, Cheney Nelson led the way with 18 points in the game uh, for them. She's had a great career. For they, they needed some more Rennerfelt, in in my opinion, in terms of touches. That, that just to just for a balance of a different way to score, at least in my opinion, for Oakland Craig. Yeah, because outside shots weren't falling. There were only three of 21 from three. Um, just didn't didn't quite get uh, enough there, um, but. Uh, that, that, that was the difference in the game. Nelson had uh, 18, Dolliver had 16, um, Kirsten Frey, Fry, uh, four, four, of, uh, four of eight from three, uh, scored 12 points. She got the, was the kind of the second scorer that, um, that Oakland didn't really have. Nobody else had more than eight um, and stepped up and hit some big shots uh, in the second half. So uh, credit to her for um, kind of giving her team the, the boost that they needed to, to pull out the victory. And one of the few that got away, and it happened – uh, kind of late, uh, the third quarter not good uh, for for Adams Central. North Bend uh, runs away with it against uh, Adams Central. Yeah, um, just could could not score uh, enough points. Couldn't find a way um, to forgot what the the stretch was, but to the, to the open the the third quarter, um, North Bend just. Went on a run there, just pulled away uh, as Adam Central couldn't find a way to, to put the basket. And, I mean, credit to North Bend because, like, they won by 17 despite um, Caitlin Emanuel struggling mightily. Only yeah. 5 of 13 from the field, 2 of 10 from the line. Um, that's uh, She's as good as any player in the class. Um, Obviously, Ruthie uh, Loomis Gold was going to Colorado, but uh, Emanuel's had an absolutely phenomenal career for them. Uh, and um, but uh, sister Lindsay Emanuel, uh, just sophomore, stepped up with 13, uh, and then Madison Bishop uh, again. That that was the key. Uh, had 13 points, uh, was efficient with their opportunities. Went six to seven from the line, uh, knocked down a three. Their only three of the game, uh, one of ten from three, and won the game. Uh, but they also had Adam Central to two of 13 from three. So. Really, the, the key to the game was Adam Central just couldn't find a way to score against North Bend's defense. They're just athleticism, their length. Um, they And, uh, again, credit to for North Bend for, for pulling that out despite being down a starter. Josie Cleveringa um, wasn't able to play uh, in the tournament, got hurt, um, had to play without right, her. But, yeah, right before. It's a starter. Um, so to, to finish that off despite losing a, a key piece uh, is a credit to um, everybody in that program for stepping up. Does your business need an easy competitive financing for trucks or equipment? Currency is here to help. Currency specializes in finding the best available rates and terms for construction equipment, farm machinery, trucks, and trailers. In fact, customers can get loans up to $500,000 with little or no money down and terms up to 72 months. Currency can also help if you're getting serious about buying a new or used motorhome, fifth wheel, or utility vehicle. Just fill out an application and the currency finance team will get to work finding a lender with the most competitive options. It's quick, secure, and best of all, it's free to use. Currency is equipment financing made simple. Visit GoCurrency.com for details. Uh, let me go down, because as, as we jump to B and, and, and A quickly here before we move on to boys, this one was probably the biggest surprise for me, even though, and you know this because I follow the girls' side of the basketball as closely as anybody. Uh, I did not expect the ease in which Elkhorn North sustained, knowing full well that Britt Prince 
is an absolute phenom. Yeah. I've seen Ivy live. I've seen Rishay Bristol. I've seen Strikey from Chambers. Um, I, I've seen Jess Shepard. I've seen them all. And I've seen them with my very own eyes. Even though Britt Prince's prowess will supersede them all in terms of recruiting, I still will take I still will take Ivy uh, in a head-to-head yeah. deal. But the score and the manner in which they did it in terms of ease surprised me. Well, and uh, I mean, we we were on this collision course the entire season. The whole um, season. Nobody else was able to touch either one of them. They they played the first weekend uh, of the uh, uh, of the year, I believe it was Scott's first game, Elkhorn North second. Uh, match up and Scott got that one and it, it wasn't that close either they um it was a it wasn't a last second thing it was a decisive victory um and Elkhorn North didn't lose again <laughs> won out the, the rest of the season uh, obviously beat Millard South uh in, in a game which uh obviously we'll talk about them in a minute but showed that um just how good this Elkhorn North team can be but yeah th- this uh, the story of the tournament was Brett Prince just an absurd uh, performance, all three games. Um, she missed four total shots in the <laughs> first two games uh, and scored uh, 58 points. Yeah. With Missed two threes, missed two twos. That was it. Didn't miss from the free throw line. Just unreal efficiency. And the, the way she was doing it, um, scoring from all three levels, just five of seven from three in the first two games, um, was 18 of 20 inside the arc, finishing both hands, Euro steps, um, hit a floater, and she had the pull-up jumper uh, uh, following um, all, all weekend long. And then come into this gut game, and she misses four of her first five shots in that first quarter, and uh, it's 18-18 at the end. And you're like, all right, here we go. This is what we've been waiting for, back and forth. Um, big shots made both ways early on. Um, but as the game went on there, um, just eventually – in. Uh, I, I'm not shocked at the way this turned out. Just watching the way Scott plays, their shot selection at times, like a, a lot of it, 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 yeah, a lot of it, they just kind of overwhelm you with, uh, with, with their their defense volume. and their depth and yeah, volume. They just they get more shots than you. Um, they've got some shot makers that, that can hit some tough ones, but they also settle for some tough ones. You could see uh, in the, that semifinal, the second half, like they got off to a great start, blitzed them out of the gates. And I thought, then, you know, who I thought the X factor was. I thought it would be Burt. And they kind of they held they held Addison. I wouldn't say in check check, but just the impact that she had on the overall course of the game was not what I thought. Well, and this this shows the brilliance of Prince because Bert did a really good job. Like nobody could stay in front of Prince uh, the first two days. She did. Yep. She stayed in front of her. Britt did not do most of her damage, and she couldn't. She wasn't able to get even before hurting her foot. Um, she wasn't getting really downhill. wasn't able to to get clean looks at the basket. Uh, and in this game, she was one of six inside the arc. Yeah. Missed a couple of those, those mid-range balls that had been falling, and Burt stayed in front. So what she do? Stepped out five of seven from three, and that's what she said. She prides herself on being able to score in multiple ways, and they uh, did a good job between Burt's individual defense and sending help side, taking away the easy opportunities for her. And as, we, and as you talked about this, I talk about all the time with the guys game, uh, the boys game, it's hard to be a good two-way player. Yeah. And it took a, I felt like it took a lot out of Burt defensively Only to run and shots. chase and defend. I just felt like they were going to get more from her offensively in this one. And I just, I just think what she had to commit defensively was 
darn right exhausting. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I think that they need a few more shots to go down from Molly Ladwig to have a chance in it. Um, we'll finish with 13, but it was a hard 13. Yeah, and th just a combined four points uh, between uh, Julia Keneally and Cameron Kasner uh, from inside. So that's kind of your, your only source of interior scoring for them. So they didn't have that to kind of balance out. Um, what what Elkhorn North was doing from three uh, in Brit in particular, and credit to McKenna Murphy, had to deal with some foul trouble uh, early, early on in the game, um, but finished 15 points, really efficient, hit two threes, six of ten from the field. Um, like her coming over, uh, joining that team already with state uh, championship experience, um, joining uh, up with Prince, and then they got nine from Grace Thompson, Grace Haney, she was a monster yeah. on the glass, uh, <laughs> Purdue volleyball commit who. Uh, went nuts uh, in the state tournament for volleyball. And I talked to Reese Booth, uh, obviously setter for, for Elkhorn North, played with her in both sports. And she said, saw something in her, like in her eyes in that championship game. Like um, she just something she had never seen her, from her before. And she said, saw the same deal uh, with her. And she had seven offensive rebounds. I believe that was all in the first half. Um, she, she just unreal. Uh, just every miss, she was going up and getting it. Uh, and finished with with the six points and 12 uh, rebounds. And again, uh, ch second chance points were 15 to four, and that was almost entirely because Haney went and got the ball and gave it back to their scores and, and let them go to work. So um, credit to Prince again. It looked like it could have gotten dicey in the second half when uh, uh, she stepped on someone's foot or someone stepped on her. Something happened. Uh, foot strain is what the trainers thought initially it was. She came back out. They were working on her for a bit. Uh, Elkhorn North didn't score the two and a half minutes that she was on the bench. Um, and then uh, Scott coach kept calling. He said afterward, like when they weren't able to make up more ground during that time, that's when he felt like, all right, we're in trouble here. They need to get that thing down to two, two possessions or so um, before Prince was able to get back in. They just weren't able to, to, to get it there. Um, and again, Prince, you, you could definitely tell when she came back in, it was bothering her but still found a way to, to make some big plays in, in, this, uh, in the last quarter and a half uh, and then hit, hit the free throws late too, went 9-9 nine and nine, uh, from the line in the game overall, did not miss a free throw in the state tournament. Yeah, just unbelievable player. I, I felt like, you know, obviously just watching her, I shoot since middle school, right, playing against my daughter. And I saw what she did in the city championship as a seventh grader and again as an eighth grader. Yeah. Just watching Prince for a long time, I should not be surprised, but I love the the subtle Jacob Padilla tweet where basically you're saying, would love to see the players that are ranked ahead of <laughs> yeah. Britt Prince because they, they have to be pretty good. Yeah. Because let's not forget, this isn't just Nebraska she's done this to. She does it in summer. Yeah. As well. Yeah, playing on the Adidas circuit last year. Obviously, we saw the game winner. She hit ridiculous steep. Um, but, yeah, ESPN has her uh, ranked 10th nationally in her class, which, I mean, that's incredible. 10th uh, best player in the country, five-star. I mean, she go wherever she wants. But um, I mean, that's legit. And But I, I think and Jimmy Motes uh, tweeted about her as well. It's just how complete she is. Again, the just – she can impact the game in every single way. Like she gets after it on the glass. She's uh, one of their best rebounders. Um, she, uh, is, I think, 20, good, 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 yeah. good with assists. Yep, uh, I, I, makes free throws. 
get, can get downhill, can score from mid-range, obviously lights out from three. Um, just, just complete, can beat you in every single way. Uh, and that's what we saw throughout the state tournament. And just averaged 24 points, nine rebounds, six and a half an assist this year. Yeah, she. I mean, she's fantastic as we get ready to hop over to Class A. Hard yeah. to believe we're already at the 30 30- <laughs> Minute mark. It's hard to get through this quickly. <laughs> <laughs> we do it different than anybody, man. It's uh, a collision course now. You guys are thorough. Yeah, we're, we're, we're thorough as Millard South gets it done with the super seniors. Remember, let's rewind. When the article came out in the Omaha World Herald and it was Millard South's version of the Fab Five in terms of freshmen that were going to Millard South, people thought they rolled their eyes if they weren't Patriot fans. If you were the parents and parts of that program, you're like, ooh, here we go. They found a way to close it out and get the one with the big three left over. People forget about Juliana Jackson and some others. Joanna Jones. Joanna Jones, I'm sorry. And uh, Juliana Jackson. <laughs> like, really, DB? Um, I was thinking. Anyway, let's not get into my head. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dangerous place. Well, well, I mean, coming off the ACL injury, I don't think people expected a, 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 a ton uh, when she came back. But, man, you talk about getting the proverbial monkey off your back and meeting expectations. They did it in a dominant fashion. It, well, and the fact that they did fall behind early, um, 92 close to the first quarter. You go in, uh, down 17-10 after one. Lincoln High is feeling great. Uh, and then for them to uh, regroup, um, settle in. We well, gave up a 28-point second quarter. That's, yeah, just unreal uh, stretch there from for, uh, Millard South. Uh, and to, to take control of that game, go up uh, 38-30 at halftime. And – I mean, Lincoln High, they, they kind of pushed throughout the second half. Every like, uh, There were stretches where you thought, okay, here they got to six here. They got to six. They got and, to I, and listen, I love their backcourt. I yeah. love Brianna Robinson. I like Brill. Uh, Brianna Robinson is pretty complete. Heading she, to North, uh, Northern Iowa. She takes some tough twos, yes. which yeah. I'm like, okay, I kind of get it. She, I sometimes – because she, she can get fouled anytime yeah. she wants to. And she's a really good shooter, but she is spectacular. But I mean, the, the, I mean the big three—just Lemon, Babbitt, Olson, and Maya Babbitt—I've seen it for <laughs> years. She is so streaky and such a good shooter. You blink, and it's all she wrote. And and that's exactly what happened in this game. Again, Lincoln High gave themselves several chances second half. They push, push every single time. North South had an answer, and in the fourth quarter. That answer was Maya Babbitt. Um, she was so obviously in the semifinal. She hit eight, went eight of fourteen from three, set a state tournament single game record. Uh, just unreal performance. Followed it up. She was one of seven from three through the first three quarters. Couldn't get to go in the ocean. Didn't didn't care at all. Fourth quarter, uh, Lincoln High makes a push. Right? Comes down, step back three uh, in transition. No crowd, rebounders. Crowd kind of gets going a little, yeah. right? And. Hits three threes in a row, her yep. first three threes in the fourth quarter to essentially seal the game there. And uh, that's one team, but, you know, Chloe Lemon's toughness. She's yeah. so competitive. Cora Olson's been a winner her whole life. You let that team play downhill, kind of snowball, yeah. 
Boy, they'll get you, and they got you in a hurry. Yeah, 20 and 10 from Carl Olsen, 20 points uh, from, from Chloe Lemon, uh, and then Babbitt finished with 30. Uh, again, goes from 1-7 to, to hitting three straight in the fourth quarter to seal the game, just the confidence that she has. And I, I talked about this, like her ability to, to get the shot off uh, and have a chance to make it. There aren't many people that can shoot quite like she do, can. Do you know her? Range. Do you know her equivalent on the men's game? I know you're going to get this right. Just to get the shot off, uh, Jane Jackson. Jane Jackson. Yep. She's totally Jane Jackson. Exactly. Just pulling <laughs> up from it, anywhere. Uh, it's quick. It may, you may not quick, think yeah. she's gonna shoot it. She gets her feet right. She, she is the boys' equivalent to to Jane Jackson. Off the catch, off the off the dribble, can do both from well beyond the the the, the college line. Even um, she was oh, shooting. Yeah, she's deep. always open. Um, so yeah, just she she was absolutely phenomenal in this state tournament. Um, I. I can't. Feels like uh, Kent State got an absolute steal there. Feel like she could probably play a little bit higher than than the Mac, but especially uh, when she learns to trust putting it on the deck. Yeah, because she's gonna make open shots. Yep. So, yeah, credit to them. Um, just phenomenal. And then Lexi Finkenbeiner, two points. She had the only two points outside of the big three. Sixteen rebounds. Yeah. And uh, Bryce Myers talked about how. This team doesn't work without her. Yeah, she is came the perfect. Over, came over from Millard North, yeah. did a lot of the dirty work, hard going from north to south. In, in that community, she embraced it. The perfect job. fourth player to go with that big three because she does not – she's not going to shoot anything except for an open layup and doesn't care. Yeah. Again, goes 16 rebounds. She's a lead, leading team in the She has no problem setting up. Uh, all, all those other three to, to go get buckets and then takes on the toughest defensive assignment. I mean, this was a game where Juliana Jones only played 14 minutes. She was in foul trouble from the start. Yeah. Um, so they needed big minutes from Randa Kelly uh, and Grace Prue had to play a little bit off the bench as well. Uh, but it really was those four that, uh, that, that sealed this thing. Um, and North South did a good job again with just kind of the way they get up the, their pressure um, Jalen Brill uh, played really well, but I, I like she only her got game. seven shots. Yeah, I they, like her game. Sometimes just as the more traditional role in terms of pass first, she's not aggressive enough, at least in my opinion, on offense. Uh, and, again, a team that I followed for a long, long time. Uh, heck of a job by, by, by both those teams, and, and congratulations to the Patriots. No doubt. Uh, let's again. go one. Let's go one through eight rapid fire. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, we'll preview North Star, Bellevue West. Man, you talk about length and athleticism versus super complete and underappreciated defensively. I just don't get the sense unless this game stays in the low fifties. I don't see how North Star pulls it off. Yeah, I, I just don't trust their Offense. their shot. Yeah, yeah, their shot making, their decision making. Um, like credit to Coach Steinbrook and getting them to to this point uh, from where they were last year to 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 qualify for the the state tournament. Um, they've done a great job of figuring things out with the 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 the, the, the various zones using the length. Um, did a good job, uh, but I mean. Nothing against them. Everybody's going to have a tough time uh, against Bellevue West this year. I think that's pretty clear. So, listen, backcourt matters. Lazaric Houston going to have to be big. He's their primary ball handler. Do you think the length of North Star 
can bother the finishing around the rim of Bellevue West when they get Garcia and a rope and, and even Dotsler getting downhill himself. Listen, yeah, and I'm telling you, Stuvi takes some some tough two pointers from about the ten to fourteen. Stuvi's mid range game is way good, and it's way underappreciated because we don't like mid range game. <laughs> But he makes a ton. Can can North Star be disruptive enough with their length? Yeah, I I I think they will be able to cause problems for Bellevue West because, but uh, of that length that you said, the zones. It's yeah, just gotta, matter. He's got to score too now. Yeah, are they going to be able to cause more problems for Bellevue West than Bellevue West causes for them? That's the <laughs> question, and that's the the difficult. Uh, uh, quantity that every team that goes against Bellevue West face because they're the best defensive team in the state and also really talented on offense so you can defend them really well but you have to defend them better than they defend you which is a hard task uh not I don't love the matchup just because South plays so hard any concerns for the two seed well, and they – Elkhorn South gave them a, a battle they, listen, uh, when they played the regular season there. You, um, you, you come in half-stepping and you think this is going to be get be done with early or whatever, Elkhorn South is going to tap you on the shoulder and tell you we're here for four quarters. Yeah, and they Sam got Brennan those, does a fantastic job. And they've got those five seniors that have done it together all season long. You know they're going to be playing their hearts out there. Um, just they, they, They're going to have to have shots. Like Warner's going to have to be hitting. Noonan's going to have to be hitting. Um, they're, they're capable. Yeah, so that, that's that's key to that one. If Elkhorn South gets hot from three, um, they've got a chance to, to stick with that one because we know Miller North is hot and cold from, in that perspective. Outside of um, Neil Mosser, is not a ton of consistent shooting. I kind of uh, like the lineups that they've been playing late, which is Davis, Luke Davis, Camoni. Uh, you've got Rollins, Mosser, and, and, and Eli. Gath, who everybody tells me it's now Gath, not yeah. – Gath or Gaith, it's Gath. I'm going to have a conversation with Kelly, his dad, and tell me why he just didn't tell me <laughs> that. Uh, kind of, but kind of like Flores, as a senior, you're just now letting us know. But they've been playing that lineup late to give themselves a chance. You think we see that more? Uh, yeah, I think so. We'll, we'll, we'll see. They'll, they'll mix and match those pieces, try to figure out who, who's uh, clicking, uh, who gives them the best chance, the, the most well-rounded lineup. But um, I mean, if, if, if Eli plays the way that he did the last week of the season, um, Miller North is going to have a chance to, to, to make a deep run here. Um, and, I mean, we saw that uh, the other side of that bracket, 3-6 three, three, Gretna. Uh, Dragons, again. Dangerous. Southeast, that length. Again, I, I don't know if Southeast is going to be able to play well enough offensively it's a, it's a, to get it done. But scoring's going to be tough for Gretna with that length with Ben Dak and, and those guys. If you're looking for a team that folks don't respect a ton, they're kind of like, ah, oh. Southeast is a dangerous, scary bunch. You and I have gone back and forth on over them all season. How are they going to play? Are they playing through Voss? Well, you know, what? what's going on with Hilkeman? How can he contribute? What, what's Chewy going to do? Is he playing? Is he not playing? What, what are they going to do up front? When BJ, when those guys are going, Tay Moore, they're scary if they're all invested in sharing the ball. This is the one game of the high versus low seeds that I feel the best about a potential upset. Even as well coached as Gretna is defensively, 
Southeast can get you about four or five different ways well, if they're on their game. And they they were not playing well offensively down the stretch and still found a way to, to pull out those the district wins uh, to, to qualify for state because of their defense and because of their length and their activity. Uh, and so would, they're going to have to keep it up. shock me at all if they won this game. And you know I have – I'm probably the biggest Coach Hurd, Coach Feekin fan that is not associated with Gretna as anybody in the state. Nothing but respect. I just know what Southeast is capable of if they're dialed in. Yep. Um, and then the last game, Lincoln East uh, against Westside is a four versus five. We just saw this game at Westside uh, and it wasn't, late in the season. It wasn't that close. No. Uh, East played really well. Second half kind of pulled away from that uh, with that thing. Uh, Westside just – uh, couldn't quite find a way to, to slow them down. Um, but Westside also, uh, I think, figured some things out down the stretch. They played much better. I'll give you the key, right? Easy. Efficiency. Tate and Kevin cannot take 18, 17, 18 shots to score 14, yeah. 15 points. C.J. Mitchell has to understand when to distribute, when to shoot it, make my easy ones. Caleb's going to have to score. He's going to and have stay out of foul trouble. Yeah, he's going to have. And you listen, he's got. And I, you know, we've talked a ton. You have to figure out how the game's being called. Yeah, I get it. You're an elite level defender. You're not going to get the benefit of the doubt anymore because of the way you play. Yeah. And they need him out there to take on whichever of the two Carters is hot. Uh, if they get them both hot. East, East is a handful. <laughs> that's a solid four right there. That's a that's a good, good bunch. Yeah, we talked about Wahoo, uh, Scott, kind of the prohibitive favorites in, in B, C1, Freeman, and C2. Uh, could mean, this be chalky for four I, for four classes? I, I think it could. Uh, D1 could be interesting there. You've got North Platte, St. Pat's is kind of uh, always being around there. Um, but Maywood Hay Center, they, they got three dudes. Um, at that level. The that last of the non-undefeateds to be undefeated, right? Uh, one or was it Donovan think, Trumbull? Yeah. It was one of yeah. the two. Um, yeah, yeah, outside of Ogallala finishing off in Bell West. But, uh, yeah, Donovan Trumbull was the last one. I think Maywood Hay was the fourth. Yeah. Um, but, and then uh, you got Parkview reigning champs there as a three seed uh, down there in D2. Those two dudes, Victor Kachalowski and Maurice Reed. If they know how to win. Tough. They're yes. long, too. So. We'll recap the boys next week. Hopefully not take another 45 minutes, but sometimes <laughs> it's just like that. Only one tournament to recap next week. Uh, that's, uh, that's Jacob Padilla, the best in the business. You guys know that. I'm old DB. I'm just trying to get in where I fit in. It's Nebraska Preps postgame. A Herd at Sports Network production.